And good morning. It is four minutes past 10 o'clock. And joining me now from somewhere near Heartland, Minnesota, our good friend, Mr. Al Bat. Hey, Al, how are things? Uh, really good. You know, I, I worked in Austin, Texas here a little while ago, so boy, I heard a lot of the music you're playing. Um, oh, really? A lot. Yeah, that's kind of a lot of their music down there. So I had a, They had like a good their, there. it's outlaw country, I think, is what they, they must like down there then. I, I guess, yeah, I heard that David Allen Cole, the world's most <laughs> perfect country song. I don't know how many times I heard that when I was down there. Oh, and uh, uh, Guy Clark and uh, a lot of those fellas are, are I'd see their picture, frame pictures all over, so it was um, it, it was it was fun being there. Well, that's a good that's a big uh, music capital. How, what'd you see down there for birds? Is it a bird capital or butterflies? Maybe. Yeah, I went and looked at all the bats. Bats, the Mexican okay. Mexican free tail bats coming off a bridge downtown Austin. So it was that was pretty neat. I'd always wanted to see that. Had never seen it. I uh, I worked in Nashville, Tennessee here just a real short while ago and. I didn't hear David Allen Cole at all. Really? So it's, hmm. Yeah, it's a different kind of country, I guess, between the two there. And everywhere I went in Nashville, there was some guy picking a guitar. They were just everywhere. And when I say some guy, it was mostly guys. I, I don't know if the women were more gainfully employed, or I, I hope that's the case, but yeah. there were just guys everywhere playing a guitar. And uh, they were all... None of them were bad. They were all really, really good. So it's, it's a uh, tough business to get into, I think. And yeah, there's a few that make it, and a lot of them that end up eating not a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and some of them, you know, had their hat down there or a can or something for folks to throw a little money in. And even at the airport, there were guys. When you turn the corner in the airport, you're big guy propped up in the corner playing a guitar. So wow. Hey, you I, know. Uh, I was uh, taking the fish out. I got the fish out this week because the ice froze finally. And so my little pond, Al, it got a little bit of ice on it. And I said, oh, no, I got to get the fish out because, you know, my pond isn't that deep and it freezes solid. So I had my 13-year-old son, Grant. He went out and he took a big stick and he, he got it all broke. And the fish were so sluggish because they were so darn cold that I just took a food strainer because I couldn't find my fish net. And I just scooped them out. So I got my seven fish, three koi two shebunkins and I think, or uh, yeah, Saracis, I think they're called. Anyway, so now they're inside in my 55-gallon tank inside a uh, nice, warm, 70-degree water. I bet they thought you were never going to get there. Probably. <laughs> so yeah. Where the heck is she? she... <clears throat> I, I want to say um, I just attended a couple of... Uh, uh, well, I paid honor to Audrey Mayhus of Glenville and Melvin Hobby Brunken of Albert Lee, who were two people that I heard from uh, all also regularly, and they just loved to look at birds and things in nature, and I'm sure going to miss them. As I will, uh, Chuck Lilligren. I heard from Chuck just a little while ago. I think Chuck was living up in Anoka, and he passed away in uh, oh, the first week of this this November. And he had a long and distinguished career as an on-air radio personality on WCCOAM as their farm director. And I used to do occasional bits there, and uh, Chuck had read something I wrote and got a hold of me, and it was nice rehashing old uh, old times. So uh, I'll miss all those good folks. You know, the weather's been cold. I bet most of you knew that. Probably I didn't have to. People are always telling us how miserable or cold weather is, and they, 
we know that for the most part, but it reminded me once more that there is no such thing as bad weather, only the wrong clothes. Because, uh, boy, I, you know, I ring bells for the Salvation Army, and there's a guy that comes in every year, and he's, I, I don't know his name, and I know him enough to say, hey, how's it going? One of those kind of things, because you, you, you've seen each other before. And he always puts something in uh, uh, for the Salvation Army, and I appreciate him. But he comes in in uh, December when I'm ringing the bells, and he has shorts, flip-flops, and then he has a regular jacket of some kind on and mm. of course no hat and he tells me he wears shorts all year long and i think i believe him because boy he is there uh, once in a while when we get the, we seem to get a lot of our winter early anymore so some of the december days when i'm ringing the bell there it's, it's really really cold and boy he's got shorts and flip-flops on so he um that might be one of the guys that you would say there is no such thing as bad weather, only the wrong clothes. I always thought that was just on college campuses when it'd be below freezing and you see people in their shorts and flip-flops because a lot of times the students don't get the weather either, you know, compared to us older folks. Yep, I'm uh, so old now. I've got a grandson in college, and uh, he he's just a great kid, but he... I don't know that he always dresses properly either. I, I stop and visit him in January, and he's got a... <laughs> At least he's got a long sleeve on then, but I said, well, you know, at least you walk fast to class that way. <laughs> the first week of November here at the Bat Cave brought in an influx of pine siskins to my feeders. And some years, siskins don't stray far from their breeding territories. Uh, their breeding territories are in the northern U.S., across Canada, and into Alaska. And the cones produced by the conifer trees there are generally plentiful and the siskins use those seeds as food to uh, survive the winter. And the winter movements of siskins are erratic, and they're often driven by the state of those cone crops. So if they don't have much to eat up there, they're going to go looking for food. So every couple of years, siskins erupt, and they move into the central and southern parts of the continent. But the timing and scale of these movements are variable. So a lot of the conifer trees, like a lot of our other trees, maybe every three to five years, they produce these enormous quantity of, of cones. And during some of the years in between this abundance, they produce almost nothing. So in the years when this mast production is uniformly depressed, there's just not much up there for cones, pine siskins move southward looking for food, and they mix with flocks of goldfinches at the feeders. And the siskins are the ones in the striped pajamas. And they brighten our days with a loud And it sounds like somebody is slowly tearing a sheet of paper in half. And I'm looking at a couple of them at my, whoop, they were at my feeder till a blue jay just flew in. And they all had to evacuate. But they're in there with the goldfinches, and I'm just happy to see them. My yard has also been entertaining rusty blackbirds. And uh, these blackbirds are flipping over fallen leaves in search of food, as I once flipped over rocks in the hopes of finding ants and beetles. So I, they're really pretty there. I think they're one of the birds that are more beautiful in the fall than they are in the, their breeding plumage. Urban um, Hill, he said, Al, do you have any, he sent me a photo. He said, do you have any idea what kind of animal is pooping by this tree in my backyard. <laughs> he sent so you, you a picture? Guess, <laughs> yeah, you might guess what the photo is of. Is 
And uh, he said, my first guess would be a raccoon, but it seems rather large for a raccoon. It looks <laughs> the size of something from a German shepherd or a retriever. Oh However, our backyard is surrounded by a chain-link fence, so no dogs can get in. I first noticed a little piles of berries and didn't know what that was. Then later, later this month, the poop started to show up. It is only in the one spot by the tree, and this has accumulated over a, the whole month. Hmm. We have sunflower seeds in our backyard, but I wouldn't think raccoons would be attracted to that. What is your opinion? Erwin, uh, probably raccoon. Uh, there's skunk. We have skunks around. Skunk scat is maybe a half inch in diameter and an inch to two inches long. Raccoon scat is usually darker in color. It's a half inch in diameter and two to three inches long. I have a question. So how did the raccoons get in if they've got the chain link fence? Do they climb over the fence? Oh, without any problem oh, okay. whatsoever. I yeah. gotcha. All right. I didn't realize they could. I mean, so that's one thing you, the fence won't prevent then. That, no, they won't. And uh, unless you electrify it, that'd be about the only thing. And then several raccoons will make use of the same latrine. So they oh. look at the side of the tree and say, well, that's like a porta potty there. That's where we're going. And I picture them at night. They're in a long line of raccoons waiting to get to the tree. <laughs> and uh, he showed some up with the seeds in it. And that's another thing that you often see with raccoons. And because they eat nearly everything, and including sunflower seeds, or when they love sunflower seeds. So I'm going to say it's raccoons. Uh, John Cruz of Wells said he saw 44 species of birds in one day. The highlight for him was uh, definitely the northern shrike calling from its perch above Truce Pond. Said also saw common loons, ruddy ducks, canvasbacks, redheads, buffleheads, hooded mergansers, and a large flock of Franklin's gulls. John Nelson of uh, beautiful Buford uh, said Perch Lake, I once played softball for the Buford Merchants, and I don't know that there were more than one or two merchants, so I appreciated their sponsorship. Uh, John said, Perch Lake is a beautiful site with 59 swans swimming around patches of ice. Another 27 were in a cornfield on the south side of the lake. Several small groups of four to six trumpeters flew across the road vocalizing. There may be some tundras present. It has appeared some of the birds swimming were smaller, and one group of a dozen stayed close together away from the rest. A scope might be able to see the yellow spot on the adults or pink bills or immatures if there are tundras present. Julie Robrand, I'm looking at a photo she sent me here, and it is of a cardinal that looks like it's looking in the window of a car. It's perched right on the side of the car. And, of course, what it's doing is fighting with the mirror, the outside <laughs> mirror on Julie's car. And that was this summer. And she said um, every day. And she could take the car away and then drive it back, and there would be the cardinal saying, well, here we go I'm already. So I'm sure he was practicing all his um, uh, cardinal karate moves or whatever they they use on, uh, on mirrors. But uh, thank you, Julie, very much. Marv Lenz of Albert Lee he used to have uh, Marv's Cycles. He had a motorcycle shop in Albert Lee for many years, and that's how I first got to know Marv. Marv saw a pileated woodpecker in his yard. He said the first one that he'd ever seen, and uh, like everybody of my generation, he said that was really cool. Uh, Norm Emerson of St. James said uh, on Sunday, 
this, he again sent me a photo. Got a lot of photos, which is really nice. This visitor looked at himself in our deck window. He was by himself, maybe mistaking our house finches as his close relatives. I assume he is a white-winged crossbill. I've never seen one before, but believe they nest in the evergreen areas of the far north. And that's what it is, Norm. It's a, a crossbill, and it's aptly named because it has white on the wing, and they have crossbills. And I'm going to write uh, a little bit about it, put it on the blog and everything, but their bills actually actually cross. So thanks, mm-hmm. Norm. Uh, Benny Lucas of Mason City said at Clear Lake, I was trying to relocate a yellow-billed loon found by Carolyn Fisher. Checked out a couple of spots along South Shore Drive my way home and found a long-tailed duck. And this was a duck, a lot of your field guides might call it an old squaw. And that's what it was known as for many years. And then in these enlightened times, we thought, well, maybe a long-tailed duck would be a, a better name. Uh, she had uh, Betty had no luck on the yellowbill loon, but other birders did find a red-throated loon off the State Park beach. Uh, Marv Lenz, who I mentioned earlier, said uh, he uh, from Alberta also saw two bald eagles fighting in November, and he asked, "Why are they battling at this time of year?" Well, the dispute there'd be three things that they typically would cause this dispute. Number one would be food, so they're fighting over food. Number two would be perching position. One is in the tree on a nice branch, and the other one says, you know, I'd really like that branch. And number three is they're working out pecking order, and that's just a never-ending battle. So they're going to fight like that forever and ever and ever. And, um, anybody with kids, you know. I was going to say, one. isn't it just like humans? It Can't we all yep. just get along? <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it's just uh, they just work on it all the time. Jerry Christensen, and I, I appreciate Jerry, and he sent a video, which was really nice. And I tried to open it on my phone when I first got it from him, and of course I was in an area where sometimes things just don't work, so I had to wait a little while till I get, so I could watch the movie and get back to Jerry. And I don't know where Jerry lives, but he sent, uh, he said, this bird is hanging around, I can't identify it from my uh, bird guides, it's not in there. Well, yeah, there's a good reason. It's a Clark's Nutcracker, Jerry, and that is really a cool bird from far out west. And, boy, if you're around here, uh, uh, please let me know. I'd love to see this bird. Uh, they're really neat birds, uh, kind of a woodpeckerly look, and uh, gray and black wings and some white on the tail. And uh, they're real tame. They just, uh, I don't know what there is about them, but they're just really tame. They don't uh, sense that we can be dangerous, I guess. So uh, it was really nice to send that.